Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Water Cooler Checkdown Podcast. I am your co-host, Corey Walsh. And I'm your co-host, Nick. And today we're going to be talking about Premier League summary for the season, uh, NBA draft and playoffs. But first, a little intro from our new band, <laughs> The Socials. Shout out to What a time it is. The season's over, and the Manchester won again. <laughs> I hate them so much. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think there's many people out there that are really hyped about how the season turned out, especially with Liverpool crawling their way, like, one point behind for the last, like, 20 points that the two have played. <laughs> you know, it, it was pretty brutal. Uh, they were, I believe, 10 points up in, like, January. Some point in December or January. Yeah, and, and, then, like, in, and then by March... It was like they were down by two points. It was like, what the heck happened? Like, <laughs> that's like, I, I'm an Arsenal fan. I, I I know about bad defense and epic collapses. Okay, that that was horrible. <laughs> like, okay, from Liverpool, that was bad. I mean, as a Chelsea fan, I was really content in my like fourth or fifth place spot. Be like, you know, Champions League is just so close. <laughs> and as much as I liked watching the Champions League from afar this season, <laughs> and trust me. I didn't because every Prem team did really well, basically. <laughs> they all shattered expectation. Yeah, it's uh, it's crazy how we got the uh, the all-English Europa League and Champions League final this year. It's the way it should be. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Again, I said it last podcast. I'll say it this one. If, if you don't think that the EPL is the best soccer league in the world, you know, I want what you're smoking. For sure. <laughs> for sure. It's ridiculous. I mean... There'll be I I hear arguments about mostly like the um, Syria or Bundesliga. It was BBVA more when Ronaldo and Messi were there, but now that they're not, I'm just I, I don't see the argument. Real was really bad this year, and they just sucked. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the, I mean, I think the biggest difference is you know, in the Premier League, you know, team twenty can beat team number one any day of the week like and everyone has a chance against everyone for these other leagues there's like you know like la liga or bundesliga there's like maybe four or five really good teams and then sort of like a steep drop off after that which you know doesn't uh you know help them out when they're when they're trying to you know vie for the title of best you know league in europe so i think it's just that basically you know from top to bottom partially because of the the money they get from the uh broadcast rights and, and tv now these smaller clubs you know are bringing in better players and, and the competition is just getting better for everyone yeah but no play style compares to the bbl's <laughs> physicality exactly it's don't get me wrong love watching neymar flop around in farmers <laughs> leagues <laughs> but i'm just gonna pass joey barton referred to uh the brazilian league that ronaldo played in as the rainforest league <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh the French league is is uh, a joke. Yeah, <laughs> a bit of a joke. I think PSG clinched with about oh I don't know six months left it, in the season. It, like, it was cute when that uh, Nice had uh, their nice Mbappe Falcao group <laughs> and Bernardo Silva, and then uh, nope, they all went away. <laughs> they all got bought by PSG and Man City. Yeah, it. Uh, well, Falcao's still there, but I don't know anyone that's knocking on Falcao's door. <laughs> Yeah, for uh, getting resigned. W- was that uh, was that Nice or, or Monaco? It was Monaco. Was it I'm Monaco? Sorry. No, okay. That, that I I uh, 
I couldn't remember myself to be honest. Like I remember Balotelli. I think I think is. Oh yeah, yeah. That's the Ben Arfa Balotelli team. I am so sorry, Monaco fans. Oh yeah. I didn't mean to rub salt in your wounds by not even getting your team right. Thierry Henry, great manager. <laughs> oh my God, that was so quick. Like, he's the future. Then he lost like 14 of his last 15. They're like, all right, Thierry, you're out. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, getting back to the uh, to the English league, uh, I think three people shared the Golden Boot this year. It was uh, Aubameyang, Aguero, and uh, it was so it was Aubameyang, Salah, and uh, Mane. All oh, had 22. And I'm pretty sure Aguero had 21. Oh, <laughs> so so we had three Golden Boot winners this year for the uh, so many backflips for yeah. Aubameyang, <laughs> so many backflips, so, so many, many potential hammies, <laughs> so many Wakanda forevers. There's, there's just <laughs> it's it's great. I, I I do have to say as as an Arsenal fan this season, like having a new manager after having Arsene Wenger basically my entire time as Lord an Arsenal savior. fan. <laughs> yeah, the, the Lord and Savior in Arsene we trust. Yeah. It was it was definitely a new feel to this season. Did I you mean, like the feel? Did it feel like a good different or was it like a kind of wish we went back to like fundamental Ar- Arsene Wenger? <laughs> so I'm going to say no. I ho- I really am glad we got away from from Arsene Wenger. You know, he was a great steward for the club for 20 years like and but it was just time to move on. I mean, uh, people seem to forget that we started the season off Arsenal on like a like a 20 something game win streak in all competitions. Undefeated. Yeah. yeah. It was it was or yeah, we went undefeated for 20 straight games in all competitions. Like at that point I was like, "Oh my god, Unai Emery's a genius." But, you <laughs> PSG know, PSG was a fool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. I was like, "What what are these guys thinking?" Thomas Tuchel. <laughs> yeah. And uh and then of course they had the classic Arsenal mid-season collapse. Lull. Yeah, where they just, where they basically just, you know, just say, screw playing defense whatsoever. Like, and you know, we just give up an absurd amount of goals, and uh, we decided to continue that into the last half of the season. And just after a killer winter transfer just, window, just, just, oh yeah, we, yeah, who do we bring in? Dennis Suarez, who literally played in like two games. See, like, I saw like a post on, um, like transfers on Instagram, and they were like, man, what a, what a stellar half season for Dennis Suarez. He played like. <laughs> 240 minutes and got hurt <laughs> yeah did no it, contributions it, it, that was horrible i mean maybe if we can keep him after this year he could have some sort of an impact maybe but i mean i i feel like you probably experienced this as a chelsea fan as well what uh <laughs> not, not with that but uh no we don't get to pay no <laughs> So we had basically Man City and Liverpool vying for that first place position. Yeah, and then, then everyone else was like stray dogs fighting over scraps. Exactly. <laughs> and no one seemed to want it because yeah. everyone like kind of tanked in the well, last five. Exactly. That's the point I was going to get to. It was like no one could – those four teams a- after the top two couldn't buy a point for the last <laughs> like month or two of the season. It Man was, City died. Yeah. <laughs> no, like, Man U. Man U died. Yeah, Ma- Man U basically – how about this? Jose Mourinho left the club. You know what position they were in? Six. Six. And then G- Gunner comes to the club. You know what position they finish in? Six. Six. It's like Jose Mourinho must be sitting there like, I, I'm a genius. Like, no, <laughs> I could have written this better. Right. Like, it, 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 it seems like the players at United, like, half they need to get rid of half of them, right? That's what uh, uh, Soliskar said after the game. He's like, I hope you enjoyed watching half these players because I can assure you that half of them are not coming back. And Pogba was in the corner, like with his fingers crossed, like, "Oh, please let it be me, <laughs> like, please, <laughs> I don't want to be back." Um, Man U was really interesting though, because they had that 
stretch under Silliscarb where they were just on a tear. They, they I feel were like that was unbeatable. basically the top six in like the BPL in summary. Okay, I'm not going to include the first, the top two, because they were in on a tear all year. But like from Tottenham, Chelsea, Arsenal, and Man U, it was basically all like they were just they would have a moment where they would just go on fire. And Man U's was a serious case of them being on fire. They won games like 5-0, 4-0, like for four straight weeks. And then the earth came crashing down and uh, they kind of sucked again. Yeah, they were they were like a bunch of... It was op- once they extended Solisgar past the season. <laughs> and everyone was like, yes! <laughs> he got him out of an interim capacity, basically, yeah. yeah. It, it, I mean, there was like a bunch of wild horses that they let out of the pen. Like, you know, they, <laughs> they let these guys, Rashford, Lukaku, uh, Lingard, like whoever else was playing up there. It was like they had the, the leash on them, and they finally let them off the leash, and these dudes were just running wild. Like, it, it, it was absurd. Lukaku somehow found a touch for, like, you know, three, four weeks, <laughs> what a blessing. maybe a little bit longer of, of that stretch. Like, it, it, was, uh, it was crazy, but I just found out. Breaking news? Breaking news. <laughs> Ashley Young is set to become Man United's next club captain. <laughs> that is depressing. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think I ever would have thought Ashley Young four years ago being like, you know what? This right back or right winger, wherever they <laughs> use him, is what Man U's about. Flaney was the captain for a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> Look, if you have guys like Pogba, Lukaku, you know, I mean... De Gea. De Gea. Guys that have been there for a while. Phil Jones, Smalling. another guy, Smalling. And you and Ashley Young was your is your pick. best, like, picking a leader on Man United. He doesn't even start half the games. <laughs> that they have a big problem. Like they have a very big problem. Uh, you know, I would never th- pick a rotational player to be the leader of my team to wear the <laughs> band around the arm. That would probably not Ashley Young. Probably wouldn't even be a top five pick for me. <laughs> I mean, vice captain, maybe, but like, like no. maybe like cheerleader. <laughs> yeah, so, so you're just basically giving him like no credit whatsoever. Basically. I mean, he's really, he's been there a while. He, I guess if we're going by tenure, I guess he's, he's been there a while, but like, he's, is he, he's sort of like a one trick pony. Like, is they don't know like, what he's good at still. They alternated between just, wing and back. Yeah. He just run, he can run at you. He can whip the ball in on crosses and play defense every now and then like he's not uh, an excellent yeah. defender <laughs> definitely not top five in the, like top five wing back in the prem yeah so uh, i mean obviously i'm gonna have to reserve my judgment for unai emery based on what happens in the europa league final cough cough screw chelsea cough cough but you know cough, cough, not <laughs> taken cough, cough, we already clinched yeah. <laughs> not really much to me at this point so exactly just let us win man please just let us win i would we but this it. is the last time i can watch hazard actually win something in a chelsea shirt <laughs> exactly but uh Pulisic just announced today <laughs> yeah he's the talk about savior you're gonna need him with this transfer ban okay these are just unnecessary shots getting thrown <laughs> my way here. look at the table <laughs> <laughs> but uh I mean, overall, I'd have to say Unai is definitely bringing us into a, uh, you know, a good point at this point uh, at, at, as a club for Arsenal. How, how do you feel about sorry after the first year? Well, actually, I wanted to talk about Arsenal for okay one oh, more yeah. second. Absolutely. I mean, I'm never going to tell you no from if watching about it Arsenal <laughs> from a competitive competitor standpoint. Um, I felt Arsenal did the best they could with what they had because they had that really weird mid-season point where they need like most managers after their first like half of the season during the transfer window in winter want to like 
that you're like, all right, I know what I'm trying to play, what my play style is. I know what players I need. So now I'm going to buy some to fill the gaps to complete my like system. But Arsenal was in a really weird spot where they had no money for some reason to be able to spend in the winter. So Unai Emery was really like scraping for like any semblance of talent, which is why the previously mentioned Dennis Suarez was brought in, which really brought that team to a whole new level. <laughs> so it was just really worth it. My co-host can see me shaking my head and <laughs> just disgust right now. Yeah. We Stan Kroenke, our owner uh, at the time was Go Stan. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he owns uh KSE, uh, like Cronky Sports uh, Entertainment or something. He owns the Colorado Avalanche, the St. Louis Rams, Denver Nuggets, Arsenal, probably a couple other teams in there that I'm, I'm forgetting. But at the time, he, he was trying to secure funding for the new St. or St. Louis. Wow, I'm living in the past. New L.A. Rams Stadium. <laughs> Come on, man. <laughs> that, this is 2019. <laughs> is Kurt Warner still the quarterback? <laughs> no, it's on that liner. <laughs> yeah, but he was... Uh, Matt Leiter. <laughs> but uh, he was trying to secure funding for that stadium and at the time wanted to, you know, keep as much cash on hand as he possibly could. So he was basically giving us no money to work with in the transfer yeah. window. Which it was I a under- bind, really. Yeah, it, which I understand, like, you know, you have other commitments outside of this team, but, like, to put one team at a detriment to help a different franchise that you own is a little bit ridiculous in my mind. But, I mean... We still got some. We still picked up some decent role players this summer. Uh, I'll tell you what, Arsene Wenger kind of did a lot of the legwork in terms of getting players here Lacazette, for Unai Emery. Lacazette, Aubameyang, Jaka, Jaka, Kolasinic. Exactly. I mean, I, I think, love Kolasinic. Oh, that Kola- dude's a tank. That well, that's his nickname, the Bosnian tank. <laughs> <laughs> oh God! Wow. <laughs> Someone was trying to tell me. Well, I'll have to ask you this because I want to get your opinion. Virgil Van Dyke versus Kolasinac in a just straight-up street fight. Who wins that? How tall is Kolasinac compared to Van Dyke? I know Van Dyke's like a freaking tower. Kolasinac is about six feet tall, maybe like 5'11". And Van Dyke's like 6'3", six 6'4". Six Van Dyke, yeah, he's pretty tall. He's like 6'5", six, 6'6". Six, six. Um, that, I don't know. I think it would really come down to who can has the more stamina, I guess. Because they're both <laughs> going to deliver brutal hits. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, like, Van Dyke's a little bit bigger, obviously, but again... Kolasinac is just an absolute unit. Like, you know, he's just like, you know, he, he's like, uh, he's built like a soda can, basically. Like, he's just like so wide and compact, like at the same time. Yeah, I, I love that guy, too. Oh, yeah. I mean, even though I'm a Chelsea fan, like I can still love players on other teams. Like on Tottenham, I, I love Yeoman Son. That dude, Sonaldo, is a freaking monster. He is low-key the best player on Tottenham. I don't care, like, the Harry Kane argument. Like, I don't see Harry Kane sprinting down the field and, like, scoring rockets with his weak foot. Yeah, Hunming's son just went on an absolute tear this season. Tottenham's like, savior, really. Because their entire team went down for, like, a quarter of the season. It was, like, Deli Ali was hurt. Kane hurt his ankle, like, in the second round of Champions League past the uh, – group stage like the semi when who they play in that second it was um they played man i think he got hurt in the man sec, the first man city game that they played yes harry kane yeah, yeah I, I i think you're right yeah and everyone was like well there goes tottenham <laughs> and then deli ali was like oh they have deli ali and son oh deli ali got hurt against like bournemouth <laughs> so now it's just son and lucas mora an under key free tra- like under the radar free transfer for them and Yeoman Son just 
carried them to the heavens. And then Lucas Mora just ascended them further <laughs> yeah. in that ridiculous Ajax game. Yeah, that that was... I was watching that game just like... how I was wondering how that team could let up that... Uh, that goal, dif- that goal lead they had, you know, from the previous game, like they what they let up three goals in that last game. Yeah, I think it had to be three because I think Tottenham was away in the second leg, so it was they scored three zero. Ajax was up three zero in the first, and then T- Tottenham was, yeah, they scored three. Yeah, no, so they were three one. I think it was three one. I think they scored one goal, because like even by so, that rule, it would have been a shootout. Because if it was three and three, I'm gonna have to look this up. Stat man, get on it. <laughs> intern. <laughs> oh wait, we don't have a stat man. <laughs> no, Sai is at home. <laughs> so we lost our intern. Uh, let's see. But um, here. yeah, uh, Tottenham and really somehow, but they also like they did really well in the Champions League, but they also kind of kind of killed themselves out of the BPL contention as well. Yeah. So you were right. Uh, they were up. One nothing after the first leg, Ajax. Then in the second leg, they scored two goals right off the bat to make it three nil on aggregate. And then Tottenham came back and scored three away goals to win on the away goal rule. I watched the whole second game. I didn't really watch the first game. I think I was at the gym or something. And uh, minor flex. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I left. I was uh, saving children from a fire, and I just <laughs> couldn't attend the game. <laughs> and uh, yeah, and then I watched the second and. The reaction, like from everyone in the room, when Lucas Morris scored that crazy last second goal, was like insane. Like ha- two of our roommates came out of our suite, they're like, "What happened?" And we're like, "They're like, who, 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 like, what are you watching?" And we're like, "Oh, uh, the Champions League." And they're like, "You guys are weird." <laughs> and I'm just like, "No, you just don't get it." That might have been one of the craziest weeks I've ever seen in European soccer. Like, we had the Liverpool game when they came back in four nil in the second leg with their scrubs yeah might with, i add with i i think they were missing two of their best players right origi and winaldum were the two players that scored four goals yeah i mean i mean that was insane then the next day tottenham comes back and scores three goals and, and goes through and then the day after that i mean arsenal arsenal killed valencia so that wasn't really yeah, you know was surprising sick. but uh the chelsea eintracht frankfurt game Goes into overtime and PKs. Like that, that, that was one of the best upset. weeks of soccer I've seen in a long time. That was the most upset I think I've ever been at the Chelsea team this season. <laughs> and I've had many reasons to be angry with the Chelsea team. Uh, <clears throat> yeah, I guess this is a good time to talk about Chelsea. <laughs> yeah, um, so uh, we're, I, we're, we're going to the phase of the podcast where uh, you know we, we, t- we uh, break down Corey's Chelsea woes here like a, uh, you know, a psychologist and a patient here. Because no, no, I think it's fair to say that no BPLT had more drama throughout the season than Chelsea did. I'd probably have to agree with you, yeah. <laughs> um, so I feel like, in a way, Arsenal and Chelsea kind of had the same like uh, like rate of winning games for a majority of the season. I think the only difference was really in the end. But we started off hot. Everyone was like, man, sorry ball is insane. Like, everyone's playing so well. Jorginho, monster. First off, side note, Jorginho sucks. <laughs> I don't think it takes a doctor to figure that out or an expert on soccer. Oh, this dude man. is literally the worst. <laughs> I cannot. Um, we got rid of Cesc Fabregas, a qualified, extremely amazing passer. Who they're like, Oh, man, he's so old. P- 
Pirlo was old, and he still made an same kind of impact that Cesc could at Chelsea with Sorry Ball, where he would send over the tops that are beautiful. But no, we're going to have Jorginho, the passing god. No, he's not. He passes from five feet away like <laughs> ping pong balls. They're like bouncing back and forth. It's ridiculous. And they're like, oh, man, Jorginho is the key to Sorry Ball. And they're like, I'm not going to lie. For the first three games, I bought into it, too. I'm like, man, <laughs> Jorginho is, like, insane. Totally worth the $40 million. Then the new coat of paint wore off, and I realized he's an old, rusty piece of garbage <laughs> that can't do anything but pass. He doesn't play defense. He doesn't sink back. He doesn't challenge opponents when they have the ball. All he could do is give you the little midget passes, and then like a once in a while he'll do a nice through ball down the middle. So I'm really glad we got Maurizio Sarri's like, prodigy player. I would have taken Mertens. Why wasn't Mertens <laughs> included in the package? <laughs> Why did it have to be freaking Jorginho? So you feel like you were swindled by a used car salesman. Basically. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Like Napoli's like, oh, you can have Maurizio Sarri. You have to take Jorginho. <laughs> and then everyone's like, well, that just makes sense. I mean, he's the key cog of the Napoli system. No, Napoli can have him back. I'll take a free transfer for Jorginho back. <laughs> like, you could take him. He sucks. <laughs> I would rather... Then, after that new coat of paint wore off and all of our players suddenly turned to crap <laughs> out of nowhere, I mean, we had Hazard playing elite form, playing out of his mind. Conte was struggling in Sarri's system because Sarri's like, yeah, you know how you were really good like between the, li like, between the lines midfielder? Don't do that anymore. Try to be more offensive. Conte has never, ever been an offensive midfielder. So I was going to ask you about that. I, I have another friend who lives down in Pennsylvania. Um, huge Chelsea fan just like you he told me like m closer to the uh, middle of the season that Conte was taken out of that basically the the pivot role in the, the man marking role yeah, yeah in that uh, midfield three mm -hmm. because sorry said he didn't play the ball fast enough out of that position like his ball movement was too slow and I always found it ironic because I watched Jorginho play and he makes these two little you know these Dink little passes. yeah two yard passes to, to nowhere and he's not very fast at moving the ball either so I was like I was always confused like that did you hear anything about that or no I think Maurizio Sarri has been smoking too many cigarettes and his <laughs> brain doesn't know how to operate and also we banned him from smoking cigarettes so he, he kind of is in withdrawals <laughs> He probably has nicotine patches slapped over his chest. Oh, yeah, it was great. I love it. At first, it was like the nicotine patches. Then it went to like he needed gum. to hold a pack of cigarettes on the sideline. Yeah, and chew gum. <laughs> then it went to actually, I'm going to put a cigarette in my mouth that's not lit just so I can chew on it. Like, <laughs> how many cigarettes does this guy smoke a day? When he probably, when he, like, he's probably amped when the game's over. He just like goes into the locker room and starts huffing like <laughs> packs. Yeah, what, what's his chest? How many goals did we win by? <laughs> two? All right, two packs it is. <laughs> I earned this. <laughs> so if, if a reporter ever walked in for the uh, post-game speech, they just wouldn't be able to see anything. There'd just be clouds everywhere <laughs> in the locker room. And it, as soon as the paint dried for the new Maurizio Sarri era, which looked like it was about to be like, we were going to have a good chance of contending for the title again, which is usually Chelsea's MO. We'll fire a manager we had for more than a year. We'll hire a new one. We'll do really well. We might win the title. If it's Jose, we will. Or if it's Conte, we will. And then we'll let him go. And then we'll bring in a new one. <laughs> uh, sorry, did not follow that after, um, I like to call it the, the Keppa saga. For those who don't know, Keppa, young goalkeeper. We got him from, like, Bill Bow in Spain. He's, like, 23 because Courtois left because Courtois decided he wanted to be Ke Kaylor Novice's backup. <laughs> Great move. <laughs> 
glad, glad Rial is really suiting you, even though now you're rumored to leave again. <laughs> and uh, sorry, decided, thought, okay, the way I heard, I've heard like a lot of things. This is what I choose to believe because it makes me feel better, <laughs> is that um, at in one of the games, um, Keppa was looking like his hamstring was pulled after kicking a ball. And that uh, sorry wanted to get him off the field because he's like, I want a goalkeeper who's going to have fresh legs like w- Willie Caballero, <laughs> the 39 year old substitute teacher turned goalkeeper, the League Cup legend. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and um, Keppa was like, no, I'm not hurt. I'm not coming off. And they so then that just turned into a whole the tabloids had a field day with it saying, sorry, doesn't have control of the players. And uh Keppa's a great example that this young player thinks he could just tell sorry to basically F off and like not do anything. And um that kind of signaled a really sweet decline because <laughs> I think we drew and lost like six of our are then eight from that moment forward. Hazard's uh, Real Madrid rumors, which are already strong for the past three years, got stronger. And uh, I started peeing myself a little. <laughs> and I was just like, well, you Notice know, pee. <laughs> not a happy pee <laughs> for yeah. those who were wondering. And um, it really made me wonder, like, if the season is just going to turn into the Mourinho season of like three years ago where we just finished 10th and we'll sign Pato in the winter <laughs> transfer window, the mighty duck. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, it was definitely both Arsenal and Chelsea are in a transition period at this point. We're and always in transition. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, luck- luckily you guys have already guaranteed uh champions league football for next season, but if Arsenal can get back to, you know, champions league football for next year, I, I think both clubs could, uh, you know, Definitely, definitely make a run at the title next year. That's kind of you to say for me, but I don't feel the same. <laughs> <laughs> hey, man. I, I, yeah, I guess I'm trying to be optimistic, but, I mean, there were times where both Arsenal and Chelsea looked, you know, like they could play with any any team in the world, basically. And then there yeah. was other times where they looked, you know, you know like <laughs> we they looked were, great in Europa. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> they, like they looked like, you know, they shouldn't even be playing in, you know, League Two. Like, yeah. like, so, you, you know, it's uh, – mi- would you agree that maybe consistency might be the issue. biggest uh, issue for both both of the clubs at this point? I would say it's the issue for the four out of the top six that didn't make it. Because, well, Tottenham always has the Spurs moment where they'll just collapse. So <laughs> you're kind of just like, ah, okay. They bottle it. They bottle everything. <laughs> They're just like, yeah, you know what? This is kind of handed to us like on a silver platter. <laughs> Watch us lose it. <laughs> I do have to give Wolves credit, though. So they've secured European football for next season. They're going to be in the Europa League uh playoffs to uh, get into the group stage hopefully I mean the most points in Wolves history you know in the in the prem for them this season uh, you know they just had guys come out of absolutely nowhere they got a lot of results against the top six clubs I mean I, I don't know what's in the water over there in Wolverhampton but uh, <laughs> holy crap I want some, <laughs> some of that like you know the, what, what are your thoughts on, uh, on Wolves so far I was um gonna try to make it a like a segment idea that we do the risers and fallers after the season like whose stock you're gonna buy whose stock you drop in and exactly. my riser my stock i was gonna buy was wolves from from the beginning of last year you mean yeah okay like going into this next season like oh, whose okay. stock so would you into, buy going into this next season okay. yeah i want i want whatever stock i can buy of wolves they could easily take a t- step into the top six if someone like st- stumbles menu <laughs> <laughs> yeah. not saying anyone <clears throat> menu or tata yeah <laughs> But but yeah, I mean, uh, they're my my, my only 
But go go ahead. No, who's their uh, Portuguese midfielder? That's like ridiculous. He had like twenty goal contributions. I think it's um Ruben Neves. Ruben Neves. Ruben Neves was great this year. Joao Matinho put in a veterans uh, performance. Uh, Raul, yeah, <laughs> Raul, <Rennes> Watford. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Raul Jimenez just just put in that work ethic. You know, th- this year up front, like he was just uh, just a, a dog, just gonna, you know, just fighting for every ball and everything. Diego Yota came out of nowhere. Yeah. Like, my my friend coined it as basically they're the Portuguese B team. Like you know, they, they, like three quarters of their players are Portuguese. Where's Renato Sanchez? <laughs> yeah, exactly. he went to Swansea and did nothing. Why don't you just go to uh, Wolves and actually contribute with your boys? Yeah, exactly. That was a crazy season from them. I mean, they tied Arsenal the first time they played them. Arsenal. They were amazing against the top six. Yeah, our Arsenal was down one nothing for almost the entire game, and we got bailed out because. Mkhitaryan put in a cross on the back post that was such was one of those crosses where it was so good that it went in the back of the goal when no one touched it yeah. like so we got bailed out in like the 85th minute by that and they kicked our ass the second game <laughs> three nothing like it was an ass whooping like so that's you know what four points against Arsenal I'm pretty sure they tied City once this year they beat Chelsea I know at least once yeah <laughs> yeah like uh probably during our decline yeah like I'm pretty sure they beat Tottenham this year. Oh no, may- maybe that was Watford. But I mean, they they got a lot of points from the top six this year. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they were just insanely competitive with elite teams. They're just that team though that like would beat elite teams and then they would lose to like the worst teams. Yeah, they play to the level of their competition. It seems like so. <laughs> Burnley, like maybe last year. I think it was last year. Burnley. Um, um I thought it was Huddersfield. For what? BPL. They Huddersfield like contended for a little bit last year because Moy was on fire. Yeah, I'm talking more about uh, like the European uh, playoffs and uh, you know trying to get into group stage for the Europa League. Uh, Burnley was in that same position I think last year, and uh, you know they had a really good prem season where they finished sixth place. I'm pretty sure sixth or seventh, and uh, they just were not cut out for european football like they just didn't have the squad depth for it. it's obviously a different style of play going from you know playing in england versus playing teams all over the continent and uh they you know bowed out very early and they didn't even make it to the uh group stage of the europa league so i was going to ask do you think uh wolverhampton has the wherewithal to make it past the playoff rounds of the uh europa league <laughs> This is no di- <clears throat> no disrespect to the Europa League, but after watching Chelsea and Arsenal absolutely beat them sideways for a majority of the stage, well, you did the entire time. <laughs> yeah, we somehow we struggled because they had uh, jo- Jovic and Tadic. Dusan. Oh no, uh, Sebastian Haller. Are you talking about Don, for uh, Frank um, Frankfurt? Right. Yeah. Yeah. They, Sebastian Haller, Luka Jovic. They they had just a, a star-studded lineup. He got signed by. Um, Madrid, uh, Jovic. Really? I, uh, yeah, I believe it was for like $67 million. Wow, was that today? Um, I think it was like two or three days ago. Two or three days ago? So I'm not breaking news here. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's breaking news to me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, I feel like they definitely could. They, they, they to me, spell like they could have a, at least make it to the uh, final eight. Unless something tragic happens and they have like a serious collapse in talent, but I don't see this team having a collapse. Yeah, I mean, it, they play a style that's, you know, 
it's hard to break down. They play those three center backs with the two wingers going going up the side, and uh, I think they play three midfielders in front of them. So it's it's not a team you're just going to be able to break down easily, even though they don't have like you know a lot of big name guys that you uh, you know hear about all the time in the prem. But if you pay attention enough to the BPL, then you're going to know who they are. It's more for like top tier like. People who like just pay attention to their one team, right? Like, like, be like, like, who is this Wolves team? <laughs> right. Like, I know they start, you know, Den Donker, Matt Doherty, uh, Willie Bully. Like, you know, I'm, I'm, you know, a nerd yeah. fan. I, I can name almost the entire starting lineup for Wolves. But like, yeah, like, like you said, like a lot of casual fans and and people who just watch the top six have no idea who these guys are. And that's what makes them great. <laughs> yeah. Well, speaking of, uh, you know, guys who no one has uh, any idea who they are. Have you looked at any of the promotion uh, potential, potential of, of any of the teams of the championship this year? Oh, I have, because Chelsea Loney, Tammy Abraham, <laughs> is uh, absolutely killing it right now. And it's going to look really great when Higuain goes back to wherever he came from. <laughs> I don't know what like pasta shop he stepped out of <laughs> to come to us. Uh, not Juventus, because they got rid of him, too. Milan, he came from Milan. Yeah, I'm really excited. I like Tammy Abraham. I hope he just – it's hard for me. It's a clash of Chelsea play, like players in that matchup, isn't it? Villa and uh, Derby. Yeah, so it's Villa and Derby. You know, you got Frank Lampard. On the, one side. <laughs> good old fat Frank, you know, yeah. the, the manager. And uh, you got Tammy Abraham who uh, – a little recap of the, uh, the semifinals. So Aston Villa, West Brom in one side of the uh, championship promotion playoff this year. Uh, it, it ended, uh, I think, 2-2 on aggregate after the second leg, and they went all the way through overtime and came down to penalty kicks, and your boy Tammy Abraham was the one who scored Babu. the penalty <laughs> kick. Yeah, with an absolute belter. <laughs> so Aston Villa is, yeah, going to be playing Derby, who actually was down one nothing to Leeds in the first leg of uh, that Leeds. semifinal. <laughs> yeah, and then they actually uh, came back and scored four goals in the second leg to lead us two to go through four three on aggregate. So I mean that's those are two teams who again I, I know little to, <laughs> to, nothing. to nothing about many of the players on these teams. I, I mean Aston Villa, you know I know some guys like Tammy Abraham, West Brom. I know some guys like you know Dwight Gale and you yeah, know, guys Dwight who are Gale. perpetual championship players now <laughs> like. Uh, uh, Chris Brunt on on West <laughs> Brom, you know, I know some of the players, but uh, yeah, like these the, these two teams that already got promoted, Sheffield and Norwich. Like I know almost no of the player, none of the players on their team. Like, oh no, it's not the usual like team you saw like three years ago. Right. Now it's like kind of like the mid table teams from the championship coming back up, and you're like, I'm sorry, when was the last time you were here? <laughs> yeah, exactly. 1982. <laughs> yeah, she- Sheffield United hasn't been. God, I don't even know. Like, I think it was the '90s or '80s the last time they were in the in the. Man, prim. that was wild. I loved that. <laughs> yeah, I was. Uh, I was just a, a glint in my father's eye at that point. <laughs> like, I was a dust particle. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But uh, yeah, I think uh, I think that was a good review so far of uh, the Premier League, and uh, I'm looking forward to that uh, to that final uh, derby versus um, Aston Villa. I think it's on Monday, which we have off. I have off from work, I think, because it's a uh, holiday, so I'll be watching that for sure. I might as well. <laughs> Only on ESPN Plus, because you know you can't watch top nine TV <laughs> yeah. unless you pay for it. <laughs> exactly, it's like pay per view. 
wait uh quick uh shout out to Leeds. um congratulations for being in the playoffs for like the fourth straight year and not making it your fans <laughs> must love you <laughs> that's about it that was all i had to say yeah that's got to be gut-wrenching every year it just comes so close and then just... it's a brutal system but it's it really entertaining it's nice i think that you know instead of just the top three it's six of of the uh of the teams are, are, you know, in qualification for the Prem. But the only bad thing is, though, there's been times where that sixth-place team has been the one that's won the playoff and made <laughs> it up, and they just get absolutely destroyed in the Prem. It's like they're up one year and down the next. That's the only bad thing I could see. I hope um, that uh, Fulham's terrible disaster really was a warning to teams that no matter how much money you spend going into it, it's no lock, you're making it. <laughs> this is not a 118 million dollar summer whoosh, down the toilet yeah this is not just a hey let's just throw money at the problem and and get and you know try to uh you know just hold on for dear life and and and, <laughs> and survive the the season and now one of the premier league giants is going to snatch up your glory boy ryan sesson <laughs> who was absolutely like disgusting all season and now they're just gonna be like oh and by the way i'll take that <laughs> thank you oh but you can have the rest of your 118 million dollar players oh god Callum Chambers is going to come back to Arsenal now too I don't even know if I want him back <laughs> <laughs> I have a good season to look forward to next year with Loftus Cheek and uh Hudson Adoy and uh Pulisic <laughs> yeah except for th those two have Achilles <laughs> you know in soccer that's just basically like a calf sprain <laughs> yeah you totally don't run all the time <laughs> So should we move on to the draft? Yeah, sure. Let's move on. Um, we both are fans that suffered. <laughs> so the bye, you could be blessed. Um, yeah, that was awful. <laughs> I watched the draft lottery live, which I got to be honest, they've made it kind of entertaining to watch. I watched it, I've watched it for a few years, and I, 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 I thought it was entertaining. I, I could have done without Rachel Nichols interviewing Zion awkwardly for 10 minutes. That before was so the draft. weird. Zion was like Zion's a humble guy. I I wouldn't I think any normal guy wouldn't want to be there. While people like these people are like, oh man, when you get there, it's gonna be such a blessing. Like people are gonna be so lucky to have you. Like you're so good. But n n not even, not only that, he's sitting next to R.J. Barrett, and they're asking him, oh, you played with Ja Morant in in like uh, AAU, and you played with R.J. Barrett in college. Who do you think's better? R.J. Barrett is sitting right next to him. Do you think he's gonna say, oh yeah, I I, I think Ja Morant's better? Which is like, the right answer. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, true, but he's not going to say that. Like, does Rachel Nichols expect him to just sit there and just bash on his teammate when he's sitting right next to you him? You know who like, sucks? Cam Reddish. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I, I have an interesting point about Cam Reddish. Uh, also, uh, did you see that video of, like, I'm not sure if it was from last year or this year, but it was a bunch of high school All-Americans that were in a room together, and someone asked them, was, was recording and asked them, who was the hardest player you ever had to guard in high school? And almost all of them said Cam Reddish. Yeah, Cam Reddish in high school. Uh, for people who didn't watch, um, people who watched Duke this year, they probably think Cam Reddish sucks because he did. He was awful. He's an elite he's scorer. An, he's an on-the-ball player. He's an elite scorer who needs the ball in his hands the majority of the time in order to make an impact. This dude's like Paul George Light. Like, he's <laughs> super tall. He has really good shot, like, from inside and out. He's good at driving if he needs to be. The dude's tall. He kind of is like – I said Paul George Light. He also, to me, could have been like a Brandon Ingram. Like, I don't know how good he could be. Like, I guess I could compare like development scale will probably be like Brandon Ingram. But I think the kid's really talented. And he's – whoever teams – if a team drafts him outside the top five, it's a steal. I wouldn't probably want to draft him inside the top five. 
but I could see like I feel like anyone from like seven to ten would probably end up drafting uh John Morant, which would be pretty sweet. Like if the Hawks ended up with Cam Reddish, they yeah. have the eight and ten. I was gonna say they have two picks in the first round, so that might that might be something. But I feel like some team is gonna try to trade in who's all in on Cam Reddish because he was a five star recruit who got pulled into Duke and was the third option with two other amazing lottery players. Yeah, but that could help him though. I mean, he, he basically had to play a whole season, you know, not being the you know the on the ball point guy, and you know, in the NBA, I mean, probably whatever team draft him is going to draft him for that purpose. But at least he you know had a little bit of experience of having to you know move off the ball a little bit. Yeah, I don't think anyone's going to draft him for anything else but to be a, an elite scorer. He doesn't really. He's not a great defender. He doesn't bring much else besides scoring to the table. His dribbling kind of lack is lackluster. <laughs> so, when I watched the draft live, like, did you think it went a little bit too fast? It was like bang, 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 like pick after pick, and I'm sitting there like I, I can't even like you know s- have time to process what just happened. All <laughs> I, of a sudden, the Lakers are at four. And there's like six picks left, <laughs> and, and the Grizzlies are in. And you're like, wait, what? The, how did they both get in? <laughs> yeah, it was crazy. Like, and then it was over, and I was just like, it, it's, it's over. The Knicks got three? I was like, what What happened? <laughs> the craziest part was the, the three teams that had the best shot at the number one pick, uh, the, the Suns, the Cavs, and the Knicks, went three, five, and six for Wh- their picks. That's absurd. Which, for those who don't know, um, the way that the new lottery is is that the top four teams have – the top three teams have a 14% chance. But if you're the first – seed like the first the worst record in the league you have the lowest you can drop to is four and if you're the second you get fifth and if you're third you get sixth uh the Cavs and Suns got fifth and sixth (laughs) so we got the worst choice (laughs) but there were 40 percent chance that that was going to happen and versus a 14 percent chance of getting the top pick so if you're playing the numbers game I guess it makes sense yeah the Bulls had like a 12.5 percent chance and they got molly whopped with their pick what was it like (laughs) I think they have seven seven Seven. Oh, yeah. cool. Hope that Kobe White's still available <laughs> there, or Darius Garland, because your point guard sucks. Chris Dunn. <laughs> oh yeah, Providence Ledge. <laughs> yeah, his his jersey's hanging up in, in the, the deck. Upper deck. <laughs> yeah, real legend. <laughs> the, the deck. It's it's hard to pull quality clients there. So, getting back to that video I was talking about uh, about Cam Reddish in high school. One on one, do you think Cam Reddish is, pro- is harder to guard than Zion right now? No, no, no. You think Zion's a bigger threat? Yes. You try having uh, a freaking freight train run at you that can, <laughs> that can <laughs> dribble or pull up. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think he's definitely got to work on his foul shooting, and and you know, from beyond the arc, he, he's got to work on his accuracy a little bit. But I mean, Zion, yeah, he, he was a better three point shooter in college than R.J. Barrett. You serious? Yeah. That's absurd. He has a really good three-point jumper. I'd I'd love to know what his like, uh, you know, how many they attempted because I'm sure RJ probably attempted many more threes than Zion. But that's still crazy that he had a higher percentage. Zion, I believe, attempted a good amount per game. He at least made two from what I would watch. I watched like five or six Duke games, and every time I watched, I'm like, this dude is just on a different planet. I'll I'll do like the thing that scouts do, where they give like their ceiling and basement of what that player is. Um, I think Zion's basement is Blake Griffin. I don't think he's anything worse. Like you can't like tell me that a player of his talent is like, Oh, at worst will be Larry Nance jr. (laughs) (laughs) 
I'm like, um, he already can dribble more than Larry Nance Jr. can, and I would know because I've been watching Larry Nance Jr. for 82 games, <laughs> and the dude's like a seven and seven player. Love him though, great guy. <laughs> <laughs> I love you, Larry. So, all right, do you think Zion's gonna go to the Pelicans? Like, I, I really, don't I think hate he this go. really dumb debate. Yeah, this, this sucks. Like, <laughs> I feel like it was a bunch of like ESPN guys just going like. Huh, you know, we need something to talk about. You know, he could still go back to college. Oh, who said that? The janitor? <laughs> and it's just like, it, it, that's not happening. Like, yeah, let's go back, be unpaid, have to fire my agent, get rid of the Nike deal that's rumored, and, um, yeah, not make any money and just go back to college. Sounds great. No. <laughs> if, I, if I lay it on the table right now, hey, Nick, you know, you have the choice. You can either... Go to co- go back to college, or make with the shoe deal about twenty five million dollars a year. What are you going to pick as like a nineteen year old? If I told a nineteen year old you that, show me the money. <laughs> Seriously, <laughs> show me the money. That's yeah. I mean, you, you can't the, pass that off. I know, that, like everyone's like the player empowerment era is going to make a huge difference. It it won't because these kids are still young, and the reason the player empowerment era works is that they're already in the league and have power because they're on a team. They could choose their destiny. Zion's also not the type of kid that's going to do that, I don't think. From what I, we know about him in general, he just seems like a really good dude who is like, wow, I didn't think I was going to New Orleans because no one thought he was going to New Orleans. It's always been like Knicks, 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 maybe Cavs, maybe Suns, maybe Hawks, maybe like, I don't know, the Lakers. And then, nope. So... I mean, they they interviewed him right after it happened, and they're like, you know, what do you think about them getting this pick? And he goes, well, you know, nothing's set in stone, nothing's, you know, certain until they actually pick me. Did not make it seem like he was very keen on playing in New Orleans, for sure. I don't think anyone would after this diabolical season that went through for the Pelicans. Yeah, well, I mean, think about this. Like, we've seen Anthony Davis, how many years has he been in, in, in New Orleans? Like, Six, six five, or seven, six or seven, and those are prime years. He spent six or seven prime years doing nothing. To be like, fair, Anthony Davis was really not that good until like his third year. Like he was kind of like pr- not. He was like average for his first two years. It wasn't like a Carl Anthony Towns burst onto the scene where he was like, oh whoa. Everyone was like, I don't know, this Anthony Davis kid's really gonna work out. But once the game like spread out for big men to shoot more, then Anthony Davis came into like his own. Yeah, but they, they never they couldn't get by anyone in the playoffs, is, which is more of what I w- meant. Like, obviously, he didn't do nothing. You know, his numbers, you know, especially those last couple seasons were absurd. But like in terms of playoffs, they, they do absolutely nothing. And does Zion want to spend his prime years, you know, wasting away in, in New Orleans? I'm not sure he does. He might see the thing is Z- New Orleans. Everyone's painting it as the super bleak situation. I'm going to play a little bit of Deadpool's advocate here. No matter what. New Orleans is going to be better than what it is right now because either Anthony Davis is going to stay, which he has no he has no say if he stays or goes. It's really just going to determine who offers the best package. But you might also be able to play with R.J. Barrett because you're either – so his buddy in crime for the whole season could either be Anthony Davis, which is obviously the one that you would prefer, R.J. Barrett if he trades with the Knicks, Brandon Ingram, Lonzo Ball, and Kyle Kuzma plus the four – if it's the Lakers or you get Tatum Brown and probably two of the three Celtic picks from this draft, either way, you're running with some pretty solid players. Yeah. I think Celtics have the most pieces. That's, I mean, most likely I I feel like 
it could entice him the most because they got young players. They have a lot of draft picks. Like, if Anthony Davis is going to get traded, I feel like that's where it's going to go. But that's the other thing. He's only on a one-year contract right now, so or he's got one year left in his contract. Yeah. Uh, so it's you know their own. Who's ever going to get him is only getting him for one year. Um, I and think he's not guaranteed to sign wherever he goes, according r- to like what I've read. Right. So I think the best thing for maybe Anthony Davis, the Pelicans, and whatever team who signs him is for the Pelicans to sign him to a new longer deal and then immediately trade him in a, in a sign and trade. So that at least give guarantees the, the next team who gets him that they're not just basically getting a one year rental, sort of like a Kawhi Leonard. Yeah. Which I love that move, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but um, also it's interesting. You said the Celtics are the top because I, I think they have the worst really package. Yeah. I think, think Kyrie the slashed the value of everyone around him by a good amount. I don't. I really wouldn't want to buy Tatum right now. I'm kind of out on Tatum right now. Kobe also ruined Tatum, so <laughs> that's kind of a two-headed issue. I really like the Lakers package because I'm a huge fan of Ball. I think Kuzma's a pretty. I know I said in the beginning of the season for the listeners who've listened for a while that he's average. <laughs> I think he's like the fifth best player on a playoff team. Um, Brandon Ingram, I'm I'm always going to buy stock in on Brandon Ingram. I love that kid. <laughs> he yeah, tore he's, it. He's for a good like, little player. After the trade rumors happened, he went on like a 10-game tear, as Magic Johnson said like yesterday on that first take interview that blew up the internet. And uh, he said how Brandon Ingram went on a 10-game tear. Yeah, he did. He was disgusting. Like He was everything I expected Brandon Ingram to be, despite the fact that the kid apparently can't gain weight if he like you inserted concrete blocks into his stomach. <laughs> his, his freaking metabolism would burn it off, apparently. But I love that package. And the fourth pick, the fourth pick could... It's like a luxury at that point because you're getting three players that would already be starters because you could start Lonzo, Drew Holiday, Ingram, Kuzma, and Zion. You wouldn't even have to get a real center because this league is all about small ball, and you don't really need a center except for tip-off, basically, because no one runs true centers really anymore. It's all about the stretch. Like, Marcus Gasol is, like, the only center I consider, like, a true center that would be, like, ready for playoffs. Like how often do you see Bogut? Boban? Yeah, <laughs> Boban, and like, how often do you see the Warriors playing Bogut in these playoff series? Yeah, like little to no. Like uh, you don't run real centers anymore. Teams that run real centers are down a man basically in offense. Like Myers Leonard, the the Blazers had Cancer, Myers Leonard, and um, Zach Collins playing, and like they looked good because they were able to eat boards, but they can't score in transition unless it's like an alley oop pass or a dunk. Like, the Celtics had a real—Al Horford's another example of a center that works in today's league. But, like, the Pelicans' centers— But he's a converted. Like, I mean, he's, like, more of a power forward that, you know, plays center, basically. So, yeah, it goes more to your point of there's no really true centers that they play anymore. So, really, at the end of the day, I would buy that lineup versus getting Brown, who I think at best is, like, a a B version of DeMar DeRozan— and Tatum, which I think is a huge question mark because even when they played by himself, like he looked good, but he's not going to be the first choice in New Orleans if they get him. And he doesn't seem like he does that well when he's not the number one choice because during that playoff run last year, he was arguably the number one. It was him, Brown, and Terry. And Terry, yeah. like, shat the bed <laughs> and shat his career by going on all the ESPN shows. So I heard Colin Coward uh, talk uh <laughs> A little bit yesterday, yesterday, maybe a couple of days ago, might have been, might have been on Friday, but uh, about Zion and what he should do in terms of 
you know, the draft for this year. In in his mind, he said Zion should either go back to college, which, I mean, I think, and he also kind of acknowledged would kind of be a step back for him, which probably wouldn't be too good. Go overseas and play for a year. Or, this is a really weird option, go play for the national team for a year. The Olympics are in 2020, which is, you know, the, the uh, summer of next year, and he could, you know, train with them the entire off season, or I, I, I guess he's not really playing a season, but train with them the entire time they're training and then, and then go play with them in the 2020 Olympics right before the, uh, the next uh, season. Do you, do you think he should explore possible uh, avenues if uh, other, or other avenues, if he doesn't want to play for new Orleans? I think the argument that he should not play for new Orleans is really dumb <laughs> because <laughs> Do you think anyone wants to be the number one pick, really? Because you're getting sent to a shitty team. There's no one that goes like, oh, man, I'm going to the Warriors. Nice. So that's what more of the point was, was like guys should be able to choose where they want to go. Or like, for example, like uh, John Elway was the number one pick. Everyone knew he was going to be the number one pick in like the, I think it was 84 draft, maybe 85 draft. And uh, it was to the Colts. And John Elway's dad was like, I know the coach of the Colts you are not going to like playing for him you do not want to play there and so John Elway straight up told the Colts he said look if, if I'm not playing for you guys like you know if you draft me at, at the time he you know was was uh playing minor league for the Yankees and he was like I'll, I'll just go play baseball like if you draft me so he you know of course uh they ended up tr- trading the uh draft rights to Elway to uh Denver but uh, it it just goes more to the point of like these guys should be able to choose where the, where they want to go, and uh, you know if Zion and Zion is a guy who you know brings a market with yeah. him basically wherever he goes, and and you know these guys should be, be basically be able to have a little more uh, control over where they go. I, I what are your thoughts on that? <laughs> I think that would destroy every league on the planet because. That doesn't. That makes it so teams that suck are always going to suck because nothing makes a team attractive if no young players are there. No free agent would be like, man, I want to go play for the Cavs because um, they have all the players that LeBron didn't want. No, <laughs> no one would want that. Like it would really ruin. Like you might as well just get rid of all the bad teams then, because it's no one's going to get better if they're not getting young players. Like and the only reason they'll get money is because people will go to their games because they want to watch the young players. No one's going to pick – like, if you asked – I'm not going to use Zion as an example. If you asked, um, like – if you asked Cam Reddish, all right, Cam Reddish, who do you want to play for? Do you want to play for the Knicks, the Cavs, or do you want to play for the Lakers? He'll be like, uh, I'll play for the Lakers. LeBron's there. Of course he would. Why would you want to play for the Cavs? Uh, who, who's there? Kevin Love and Colin Sexton? Pass. Knicks? They have no one right now. Pass. Like, you have – like, the Hawks – if you took away Trey Young from the Hawks right now, would they be an attractive team to a, a draft player? Not particularly, no. The Hawks would permanently suck. <laughs> yeah. Trey Young makes that Hawks team really attractive. Like, I heard rumors that Zion wanted to be draft – like, that one, he wanted the Hawks to be the number one pick. If Trey Young wasn't there, I don't think Zion would be like, you know where I want to go? Atlanta. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I heard he was a little bit upset when the next the Knicks didn't get the first pick because he really wanted to go there. I would too. I mean, it's a historic team, and you're rumored to get KD or and Kyrie or Kemba. Like, 
I I would sign up for that package. So there's rumors in the NBA community that the KD to New York deal is like dusted, dusted done. and done already, and that he's already been calling other players to recruit. Uh, I bought into that as well. I mean, I, I want to buy into it. Well, I know as a Knicks fan. <laughs> yeah, I want to buy into it. I mean, our you know owner slash team has been an absolute dumpster fire for you know years <laughs> and years now, but uh, yeah, I I. Uh, well, another interesting thing I was going to ask you about. Who do you think is the best prospect besides Zion? Ja. Ja Morant? Yeah. Okay. I'd say, like, a harder question would be who's better outside the top three? Because it's a, it's a, it's a very heavy three-person draft. Like, I haven't read from anyone else that this draft is outside top three. Like, it's top three heavy. It's a really bad draft if you're not outside the top three in terms of like the drop off from those three. Like I'm as the Cavs, I'm now have about the fifth pick, and I went from thinking like I'd be really content with third to get R.J. Barrett, who I know I roasted earlier, but I'd still really <laughs> like him on the team. Uh, but now I have to go to the idea of having Jarrett Culliver and uh, or Darius Garland or um, the, um, the kid from Texas Tech. Um, uh, what's his? Uh, Jared Culver's from Texas. Jared Culver and DeAndre Hunter. Sorry, DeAndre okay. Hunter from Virginia. That's like the three I have to go with. Or Cam Reddish. Or we're rumored to get either um, Bull Bull from Oregon. I was going to ask you about Bull Bull. <laughs> <laughs> and um, uh, Porter, Kevin Porter Jr., the center from USC who gave up on the team halfway through the season. So it's pretty <laughs> slim pickings, if you ask me, outside this draft. But, yeah, Art, to answer your question, um, John Morant, to me, is by far the closest thing you're going to get to top-tier talent left. Like, sure thing. Like, I'd put all my money into Ja. So, I was just thinking about this because, well, A, I, I really want John Morant to go to the Knicks. But, B... Memphis like, is already confirmed. Like, they're like, yeah, I'm good. <laughs> but, I mean... So, okay, let's assume Zion's going number one. Does R.J. Barrett to the Grizzlies make more sense than John Morant? Because Mike Conley is already on a huge deal over there. They got uh, Avery Bradley as well. Like, do they really need another out-and-out -out point guard? It's I feel like they might like benefit more from sort of like a, a guard swingman type role that uh, that R.J. Barrett can play versus just a straight-up point guard position that that John Morant plays. Um. So basically, the uh. The situation in Memphis is that last year they tried to trade Mike Conley away during the offseason, the, during the trade deadline, along with Mark Gasol. And the offers that they got, they didn't really like. So well, they, he's still on that Supermax contract, isn't he? Yeah, but there's playoff teams that really want him. Like the Jazz were really heavily after him, okay. and the Pistons were really heavily after him. And those teams, apparently, from what I've read, are still really interested in Mike Conley. Like there's a lot of packages that could be rumored be built around him. So I think they really, and I've read that the Grizzlies are locked in on Ja at number two. Like so, they, so, there's no chance he's getting past them if he's there. So if he stays, does one of those two guys go? You think Bradley or I think Conley? Well, Bradley's not really a valuable piece in this league anymore. He's kind of past his prime. He's been passed around in trades for like the past three years. He was on the Clippers, and then he got traded to the Pistons, and then he got traded to the the um, the Grizz. At, at one point, I actually thought he was like the best defensive guard in the league he was he was for that those celtics big three teams he was like really good and even with like the early brad stevens years he still served a very valuable role but like 
the older you get, the harder it is to play defense. And all Avery Bradley really was in his time was an elite defender that could shoot threes at a consistent rate. And once you kind of lose your legs and the best part you brought is kind of gone, you're kind of just brought for, like, veteran morale at that point. Yeah, Me- Memphis is a interesting team. Like, I love Memphis. They, they have, like, you know, some older guys like Joakim Noah and Chandler <laughs> Parsons and stuff like that. Terrible contract. I feel, I feel do you, like... Do they have like a viable big man? Like yes. that's not old. Besides they have Jaron Jackson Jr. Jaron Jackson. Okay. Jaron Jackson Jr. is an elite young power forward that can shoot the three at a ridiculous rate while also being lethal in transition and can just block the hell out of anyone that steps into the paint. If you pair him with John Morant, that is going to be like basic. I view it as like comparable to like I know that like Ja doesn't shoot threes at the rate that Trey does, but the Trey Young and John Collins combo is easily like could easily be what the blueprint is for the John Morant and Jaron Jackson or it could be the new Marcus Saul and Mike Conley combo honestly like it could be the same thing for them so speaking of a big man or, or speaking of big men one big man that I, he's probably not gonna get drafted but I hope he finds a place Taco in the Fall Taco Fall <laughs> Taco Fall is rumored to be drafted in the You're second kidding. round like there's people teams that are taking to take flyers they think he is the slowest human being I've, I've ever seen. Like, I watched him play UConn earlier this year live in was person. Was it just like a Marvel? I was like, I his head was like borderline at the glass. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, And this dude has, you have to, any, for anyone who's listening, go to your YouTube right now and type in Taco Fall free throws. This dude had no coach. <laughs> I don't know where they pulled him from, but that dude definitely never touched a basketball until he got to high school. Because this dude do the Jackie throw. Moon, he, he might as well. Because the one he does looks like Markel Fultz's, but Markel <laughs> Fultz having a seizure as he's shooting the three. The dude holds it in midair for like half an hour. Sweet Christmas. <laughs> so, the the Pelicans, if they draft Zion with this pick, you think they should? make a play to keep Anthony Davis or there's is really that, is that ship sailed already um he has no say in whether he stays or goes I've heard cases for both sides I kind of agree more with the side that you have to um you have to basically let I would let Anthony Davis play with him till the trade deadline because those packages are still going to be there not the Celtics one with the draft picks because they'll all be players by that point yeah but that might help their case more if like the player's good but I feel like teams also really like the we get to make the pick because it's a, like a question mark on who you're getting. You're just getting a chance of getting someone you actually wanted later in the draft. But uh, I think that would be smarter to keep him because Davis and Zion together would just be such a unique combo that I don't know any team in the league that can be like, all right, we're going to guard Zion. You go with Zion, and then we'll also put you on Anthony Davis. You can't double both of them. Like, <laughs> like Dr- the Warriors would have fits. Like who would guard Zion after Dray- – would Draymond guard Zion? Then who would guard AD? <laughs> yeah. Katie's gone, so who would it be <laughs> in this yeah. hypothetical I've created? <laughs> <laughs> no, you're right. I mean, uh, yeah, that's that's something that a lot of teams are going to probably have to contend with uh, this season. Um, in, t- in terms of, all right, so we've talked about KD. Basically, uh, there's rumors that the Knicks deal is like almost done and dusted. Do you think Kyrie leaves this year, and where, where does he go? I think Kyrie, if he was smart, would stay, but the team hates him, and the play- the fans hate him. Lakers? <laughs> uh, no. I I would I 
Come on. I would put all my money down that he would not go. He misses LeBron. They just wanted, they have a bromance and they want to just like, you know, some sort of I love you man type like Jason Siegel and Paul Rudd. Like, they're just going to meet up and be like, I'm sorry, man. I actually love you, man. I love you, man. Like, get over it. Yeah. How are the kids? I don't have any, Bron. <laughs> oh. You got them rings, though. <laughs> um, it, it just really. If Kyrie does that, then basically all he threw was a huge temper tantrum, and everything he said is full of like horse manure. <laughs> yeah, um, and uh, also bringing up the Lakers, like Frank Vogel, Frank with Vogel, Jason Kidd as the assistant with coach. With Jason Kidd as the does that help LeBron? No. Like, does that help LeBron? LeBron just hire Jason Kidd. Yeah. Like, if you have Frank Vogel with Jason Kidd as the assistant, hire Jason Kidd. What is Frank Vogel gonna do? Besides get sabotaged by Jason Kidd. Yeah, he was in Orlando for what, like two, three years before this? Um, he was on the Pacers, and then he went to the Magic for like two seasons. Yeah. But the Magic the Magic are a dumpster fire. <laughs> so I'm not going to blame the Magic season on him. I know Steve Clifford just brought them to the playoffs this year, but that was also like for all their young players to advance one more year into their development, which I still don't even know if Aaron Gordon's a good player. I just know he can dunk. <laughs> but that's all you ever hear about him. You don't hear like, man, what an amazing triple-double night from Aaron Gordon tonight. Mo Bamba was supposed to be really good. He got hurt. Vucevic was their best player. If you told me Nikola Vucevic would be the best player on an NBA team, I would expect it to be the Charlotte Bobcats team. <laughs> from like 2011 Alex Caruso <laughs> the balding legend <laughs> yeah. yeah I mean like the the Lakers seem to have just no semblance of a plan at this point like no, Magic Johnson left at the wall yeah it's like Magic Johnson left and they're just like well we're just gonna you know drink this drug here called fuck it all and we're just you know gonna <laughs> just keep drinking that the entire offseason and until you know I guess I don't know maybe we just stumble into something so, uh, I really can't see any sort of like even beginnings of, of a framework for what they're going to you know do in terms of chasing free agents this offseason. Like this is their best case in my opinion is that they get the Anthony Davis trade to go through so they trade all their young players and their pick away for Anthony Davis. So now you have LeBron and Davis. Then you're going to take their money that you have left and huck it at Clay Thompson for a full <laughs> max contract. And if the Warriors don't match it then he would leave. He said he won't He'll he'll consider other teams if the Warriors don't give him the max, which they're gonna give him the max. But this is the best case for the Laker fans, so they they don't hand it to him. So then you got LeBron, Clay Thompson, and Anthony Davis. They'll probably would have to bring back Rajon at or Caruso. <laughs> Always said Caruso was playoff potent. Um, or LeBron's best friend. And basically, that would that would have to be their golden plan. I couldn't see a way there. I I don't think. I really am scared that they would end up with Jimmy Butler, <laughs> which if, I'm not scared like in the sense like, oh, my God, that'd be awesome. I'm more scared in the sense that it'd be like, oh, God, LeBron and Jimmy Butler would be like LeBron would like LeBron's a terrible like teammate. It seems like in general, he's a locker room killer. And then Jimmy Butler also kills locker rooms. So at that point, I'm just like, oh, God. <laughs> yeah, it's uh it, it, would, it would certainly be an interesting dynamic, <laughs> you know, if uh, if that was to happen. For sure. <laughs> oh, God. It's going to be – we really I, – I can't say this like this offseason can be defined yet because Kawhi's still a huge piece and the Raptors are still playing. Like, I'm not in the camp that, like, oh, Kawhi's already made up his mind. Like, if they come close to winning, I don't think Kawhi's going to look at, at the Clippers and be like, hmm, Siakam or Montrez Harrell? <laughs> so I guess that sort of brings me into – 
my next point, I mean, starting to talk about the, you know, NBA playoffs that are happening now, you know, in terms of the Raptors, where does Kawhi go? Can they convince him to stay? Like, does he, you know, just basically shop around for the best offer? Does he have a team in mind? Like, I don't know. Do do you have any thoughts on that? Um, I, I really like this Raptors team as my friend. Danny Brammer knows. <laughs> we made a bet on who would make the finals. I bet I said the Raptors, and he said the Celtics, and I still have a semblance of hope. <laughs> I've really never bought into the Bucks hype, and I say that now looking like an idiot as they're in the Eastern Conference Finals, but to be fair to me, um, they played the Pistons, who were the worst team in the entire playoffs, and they played the dysfunctional Celtics, which on any night, like the Knicks could have beaten the Celtics two out of seven times based off how dysfunctional they are with their ball movement. So I don't really, the Bucks are really good at home as any elite team should. They had the best home record in the NBA. They won all a majority of their games at home. They didn't lose many, but they won all like they did lost more on the road than they did at home. But at the same time, their Brooke Lopez addition is like the thing that is like their safe, like their life preserver because the whole team has been shooting terribly from three, but the only player on that team that can shoot threes consistently, it seems is Brooke Lopez. Yeah. I mean, this guy kind of came out of nowhere, this series, like the Toronto basically in some games had an answer for everyone else except for Brooke Lopez. Cause they couldn't plan for Brooke Lopez dropping. Like, what was it like 20, 25, that one game? Like, yeah. Brooke Lopez has been a lethal three point shooter all season, which Matt Johnson said yesterday also that it was the, big mistake he made in the offseason was not re-signing Brooke Lopez because Brooke Lopez ever since he like the last few years he was at Brooklyn was turning into a really good three-point shooter and this year basically you just can't leave him open because even though his shot is like the typical big man three-point shot which is super slow and ugly it like goes in all the time and the Raptors they're ride or die with isn't really with Kawhi it's more with Kyle Lowry if Kyle Lowry can manage to somehow yeah I say manage even though he's a all-star <laughs> manage to score 15 points in a playoff game <laughs> then the team gets going but Siakam's also been really bad lately like in terms of scoring I mean he's still an elite defender and rebounder but like Marcus Saul's also been a vanishing act I don't know where Marcus Saul went but apparently he packed his bags and is heading to California at some point They've they they played a, a little bit better last game of the uh, series. The, the first two, uh, I think it was Marcus All and uh, was it was it Lowry too? Just for, just had a, abysmal performances. Yeah, Marcus All kind of has been disappointing for me all playoffs. Like I thought the Marcus All trade was just so good for them. I was really excited that they got another really good playoff proven player, but it really upset me in this off season when they lost the first game of the entire playoffs to the Orlando Magic, as oh, I previously God. stated that we're not good. <laughs> so. With the, all those pieces, do you think Kawhi considers staying? Or I would. I think people are saying it's his number two choice. For me, it'd be number one. Like I know Kawhi complains about, like they said, that Kawhi doesn't complain. Kawhi doesn't talk. Yeah. Like the talk around him is uh, like he doesn't like it because he's too a Terminator. Cold. <laughs> They're like he doesn't like it because he's too cold. And I'm like, you can like you don't even live in Toronto for the whole season. You live in there for like half the season. You play half your games anywhere else, and you can live in California for the other like six, seven or eight months. Like, it's not that hard, Kawhi. Just strap in and just, like, wear a coat. Yeah. Plus, it, you have Drake, who, like, literally loves you. Yeah. <laughs> He's your biggest cheerleader. He would literally, like, throw himself in front of a bus for any Toronto Raptors player, like Fred Van Fleet, <laughs> who's just, like, his doppelganger, yeah. basically. I mean, after watching the, that guy play in the playoffs so far this season, 
if if I'm any team, m- maybe KD like is number one choice for a lot of teams. But if I'm a lot of teams, I think Kawhi Leonard is like my my first choice if I want to pick up a free a, a top free agent prospect because the dude's one of the best two way players like I, I've I've I think ever seen like in in my lifetime. You know, Kawhi Leonard to me is the best two way player in the league by like a really big amount. But KD is not. Like Katie's second for me. Like Katie, ever since he got into Golden State, he didn't really improve his offense. He more improved his defense, which made him an overall better player because he was already an elite scorer in all facets. But now he has just stepped up his game. But Kawhi for me, KD is kind of like I would just give up if I was other teams at this point. Like you haven't really heard rumors of other teams KD's going to besides the Knicks. So. <laughs> Nets, I, I've heard a little bit of Nets rumors, but that's like extremely far fetched. I've heard Kyrie to the Nets, which to me is the dumbest thing I've ever heard. Yeah, you know who was really good for my team last year, D'Angelo Russell. You know who I should get? Another point guard, <laughs> <laughs> one who's gonna ask from the ball from D'Angelo Russell. So that would just be stupid. I don't, I don't know where Kyrie's gonna go. Kyrie has kind of like put himself into a really bad corner because. Like now, teams are wary that they don't want him because they hear he's just such a head case and a ter. No, I'm sorry, a great leader, according <laughs> to himself. Even though Terry was here, alluded to the fact he'd rather jump off a ship than have Kyrie Irving as his on his team next year. When they asked him, like, "Would you come back to Boston next year as a team as is?" and he was just like, "No." <laughs> Bring them back to L.A. Bring the boys back uh, together, man. They they definitely miss each other. Everyone hates them, but the you know they don't hate each other. So, I'll <laughs> so they take can... Kevin Love for Kyle Kuzma and Brandon Ingram. <laughs> if you want to bring back all the boys, <laughs> yeah. I think Kevin Love would probably uh, go up, jump off that same ship that Terry Rozier <laughs> was going to jump off if he had to play with LeBron again. <laughs> what are you talking about? They got along so well. Did they though? No, Kevin, they didn't. Kevin, Kevin, <laughs> get Kevin, in or get out. <laughs> Kevin Love looked like he was like afraid for his life half the time he was playing. In, in, I'm pretty convinced in that Kevin Love's panic attacks started from LeBron <laughs> verbally <laughs> yeah. abusing him. So uh, you're really not buying any of the Bucks hype, though. Um, I really would like uh, personally. I think the Warriors would be more scared if Toronto made it through because Kawhi has manhandled that team at one point until Zaza stepped under his foot and <laughs> caused the injury that got the Spurs out of dynasty contention. I think Kawhi, along with, like, because matchup-wise, they have good matchups. They have Siakam, who could guard Draymond, I guess. I mean, Draymond's really stepped up. Or you could have him guard, Kawhi's going to guard KD. Kyle Lowry is, like, the only person I'm really scared of defensively because the dude's fudge pop <laughs> he, he, he's a slow ball <laughs> that just like jogs around and tries to do between the legs stuff with four seconds left <laughs> and um i think marcus is gonna match Mar- marcus all can match up well against anyone still i think and um danny green is still no slouch when it comes to an elite defender so i really would like that matchup i wouldn't really want to see the uh the Bucks when they have to put out Brooke Lopez, um, Giannis, Chris Middleton, Malcolm Brogdon, and they'll probably play George Hill a lot more than, than they should. And I watched George Hill against the Warriors last year, and he sucked. He looks like a different player, like completely. Yeah, I'm really happy year. for him. Yeah. <laughs> I'm glad Milwaukee is the scene you need it. Apparently their cheese is filled with like age-defying elements. Yeah, that that's the one thing. Maybe, maybe it's because they're – 
sort of in the Midwest and, you know, they don't get a lot of exposure. I did not know until the playoffs how deep their, uh, their you know, guard position was with Bledsoe, George Hill, and Malcolm Brogdon. Like, the, those are three guys that— And Chris Middleton. And Chris Middleton, too. Like, the, those are four guys now that, that you know, are, can all knock down shots from wherever, basically, and, you know, can the, dish the rock, like, you know— whenever they need to as well. So their power forward depth is also out of this world. Their power forwards on the bench right now are Nikola Miritich and Pau Gasol. Jeez. Yeah, that's I know so, this is so you're, really so, contented. I was gonna say you're you're saying you're not buying the Bucks uh hype, but then you're you're making some good points for them, right? They're now. just new. They're like a new playoff team and the Buck Raptors I know you're they have two players that have proven themselves in the finals with Kawhi and Danny Green. Marcus Gasol has always proven himself as a playoff player. Kyle Lowry has never proven himself at all. But everyone else, like, they also have really good veterans off their bench. I mean, they have Jeremy Lin, who they never play, but he's there. And I would play him some minutes if I was smart. He's got some fresh legs, so yeah. They're very fresh. I think they're fresh since Linsanity. <laughs> but they're, they're fresh and they're ready to roll. But yeah, I don't know. I just I would take Kawhi over Giannis against the Warriors, and that's really what it comes down to. Because Giannis, Giannis can't shoot. Like he, I know he shoots threes well enough, but against the Warriors, you can't shoot well enough. It's a shootout when you play them. You have to put, defend out of your mind, and you have to shoot better than them in four out of seven games. And I don't see the Bucks ever out shooting the Warriors in any game. So, a couple little stats for you. Drop um, <laughs> so the Bucks have only lost twice in a row one time all season, and they've only lost three times in a row, uh, t- I think, two times all season? Oh, excuse me. Wow. Uh, botched those stats completely. Uh, <laughs> Scratch them. In turn. <laughs> they lost uh, two games in a row only once, and they lost three games in a row only once all season. So they don't lose multiple games, you know, much at all. Mm-hmm. So, and they're already up 2-1 at this point. According to Paul Pierce, though, they were done like four or five games ago. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, they they just don't lose multiple games. I think it's going to be hard for the Raptors to come back after, you know, absolutely botching the first two games of that series. But I so. think it's also a big point that um, everyone freaks out when a team goes up 2-0 at home. You're supposed to be up 2-0 at home. It's home. Like you're, They don't say, like, they split it. They say they stole a game out of the first two at home. Like, the expectation is you are going to lose those. Right. If the Raptors win the next two, the series basically turns into a three-game series. Yep. Because they won the games they should have. And then it becomes, like, a grit and grind for the last three. If the Raptors do win, it's going to be seven. If the Bucks win, it's probably going to be six. Like, I could see them – if the Bucks win tonight, I could see the Raptors winning again in Milwaukee – and then the Bucks beat them in Toronto in, at Game Six. I I would say the Warriors. I would talk about them, but it's just depressing. <laughs> They're well, in the finals again for no one who knows. Yeah, you know I I hate them. So can we just save them for maybe Thursday or, or Friday's recording <laughs> to talk about them? Because I, oh god, I, I I just can't stand the fact that they're in the finals again. So why don't we just address them? Uh, yeah, we can address know, them later when, when when we figure out who the next team in the finals is. You know. Maybe after we might have a better semblance after tonight because you know it could be this is a make or break game for exactly it's it's it could be three one it could be two two after this but the uh, only one team has come back from three one yeah won't say who but it's us the Cavs of Cleveland and only one team got the fifth pick in the draft when it was the lowest choice possible and that was the Cavs in Cleveland 
Oh man, I gotta say, do you remember Colin Sexton, like getting drafted and immediately saying like, "Come on, LeBron, like come play I'm with co- me, man. Don't leave." Like I, I think he was definitely just like, "Oh please." Yeah, and then LeBron just immediately left. That that was I gotta say that was that was pretty funny. <laughs> Nothing was funnier in LeBron related draft news. Uh, was when they drafted Shabazz Napier on the Heat specifically because LeBron wanted them to. Then LeBron left for Cleveland in that same <laughs> offseason. So, like, yeah, draft him. And they're like, all right, see ya. <laughs> Call that an upgrade over Chalmers. <laughs> yeah, <it's> like, <laughs> oh, yeah, you know, we'll just set up this team for you, and he's gone. <laughs> and then Shabazz is like, the basketballs are way too big in the NBA. <laughs> but now he's good, so I'm pretty I'm not sure what to do with these small hands. <laughs> <laughs> these hands were meant for college-sized balls or women's. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, basically... In summary, the playoffs should be good, um, and I hope you enjoyed our soccer material. This is actually the first soccer material we've uh, actually done on this podcast, really, and uh, I'm hoping it's going to continue. I had a good time. <laughs> I hope you guys enjoyed the new soccer content. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I'm sure Corey, uh, you know, knows I'm I'm a huge huge soccer fan. So uh, hopefully we can, uh, you know, give you a little more content from time to time. You know, updating you on. Uh, know various leagues and and tournaments across europe because uh that's something i definitely have a a a a wealth of information on so oh it's 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 all summer we're gonna keep up with all the transfer (laughs) stuff we're gonna have a lot to talk about it's gonna be a good time but for now i believe this is gonna be the end thank you for listening thanks for listening guys now listen to this sweet outro